0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, he put out his top 10 quarterback list based off of what NFL executives and coaches thought. Where does Derek Carr come in? We'll tell you about it. We'll talk about it. Plus, how about other positions? Are there any Raiders representation? Training camp two-a-days get going. A positive, a negative, and the biggest question surrounding the silver and black. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Tuesday, July 12, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team just every win. day.
1: Just win. you autumn is a
0: raider. Pillaging just for fun. what is what called and welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms and plenty to get to on today's show as we get a little bit closer and a little bit closer to the start of the 2022 training camp for the Silver and Black that'll get taken place next week on the 18th for the rookies and the 20th for the veterans. And then it's full throttle. So very excited about that. But got a lot to get to before we can get into that, including Jeremy Fowler's top 10 quarterback list in the NFL and this is not just something that he came up with and decided hey this is what I'm gonna this is what my top 10 are this is not his top 10 this is based off of what NFL executives and also coaches scouts and players help put this list together so the top 10 quarterbacks in Jeremy Fowler's piece that's on ESPN.com you can check it out right now Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Tom Brady Joe Burrow those are the top five right there. The second five, six through 10, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. Now, when you look at the top 10, really don't have a problem with the top five. This bottom five, the six through 10, is where I kind of have an issue. Matt Stafford, whatever, he won, a, he won a ring last year, so you can't really talk too bad about him Justin Herbert, of course, he's the darling of the NFL. Everyone talks about him in a major way, even though he's yet to get to the NFL or get to the playoffs. But you have to assume that that time is coming and he does look like he's going to be a really good quarterback in the league. So fine, I'm okay with that. Russell Wilson, new Broncos quarterback. We know he's been there, done that, but didn't really do it last year. Deshaun Watson didn't even play last year. So I've had a very big issue with him coming in at number nine. I don't know how he gets in the top 10 without playing at all last year just makes no sense to me whatsoever and then Dak Prescott number 10 that's just a cowboy bump right there so I would think that Derek Carr could supplant one of those guys either Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott but the honorable mentions Lamar Jackson a former league MVP Derek Carr and Kyler Murray so right there I would take Watson and Prescott take those guys off put Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr you could put Lamar at number nine since he's a former MVP Derek Carr at number 10 and I'm good Kyler Murray on the outside looking in, that's fine. And you know what? Even if you wanted to leave Derek Carr on the outside looking in, I'd be okay with that too. Because I think that at least they're talking about him as far as top 10. Look, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Not everybody is talked about. Not everybody is an honorable mention. Not everybody could be in the top 10. But for Derek Carr to be right there on the on the edge even looking in, that's fine. But again, I think you could take Deshaun Watson out at 9 and Dak Prescott out at number 10 and replace him with Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr. What they had to say about Derek Carr, why they came up with honorable mention, they said Carr's 3-year $120 million extension with the Raiders confirms the league-wide belief he's a high- high-level quarterback. He threw for a career high 4,804 yards last year. His film was really good, an NFL offensive coach said. The guy was one of the best third-down passes in the NFL last year. He lacks a little toughness at time. That's my only real knock on him. Won't stand in there in the pocket. And I'll stop right there. I'll pause because I talked about this on Red Nation Radio 920 and I said, you know what? I don't really blame them for the lacks a little toughness at time. And that no mean, at no point of time was I talking about the guy's not a tough dude. Like, he can't take a hit. What I was talking about when it came to toughness, which is the same thing that was said in this piece, won't stand in there. That means that at times he'll let the ball go a little bit sooner than he should, as far as allowing a play to develop. And I think that anyone who's a Raider fan who's been watching games realizes that every once in a while, Derek Carr will let that thing go a little sooner than he needs to as the pocket starts to become a little bit muddy, or what appears to be a pocket getting a little bit muddy. And so I think that if he were to step up in the pocket, maybe hang in there a split second a little bit longer, and and allow plays to develop a few times down the field, he can have more big-time plays. That was my one criticism that was put in the piece that I agreed with. And I don't think that that's a big, like, shock. I don't think that anyone who's a Raider fan is shocked by that criticism because I think we all see it. But at the same time, realize he's a really good quarterback. So the piece goes on to say, Carr's 1,232 passing yards on third down, ranked sixth in the NFL in 2021, and his 10 completions gaining 40 or more yards, tied for fifth. Now think about this. 10 completions of 40 or more yards. If he stands in the pocket a split second longer or steps up in the pocket, how many more of those 40 or more yards could he? Uh, could he throw for? I would say probably five or six. I remember specifically one game, and I don't know exactly what game. I want to say it was the Washington football team when they were at Legion Stadium in 2021. It was early in the game, and Henry Ruggs was breaking loose. He was breaking. Maybe it wasn't Washington because Henry Ruggs wasn't on the team at that point. Maybe it was that Chicago game. It was one of the early games, and Ruggs was still on the team, so it wasn't Washington. It had to be either Chicago or maybe it was the Eagles game. It was one of those early games in the season. Ruggs was was about to break loose. You know, he had got behind the defender and Carr let it go short first and everyone in the press box and I know it's totally easier to see it from the press box or sitting on your couch at home on TV and you can see the replay but he had one he had a touchdown right there to rugs he just let the ball go a split second too soon he decided that he was going to go short instead of wait for that play to develop that's the toughness that this uh, offensive play caller was talking about was that hey he needs to be a little bit tougher as far as standing in the pocket just a little bit longer. Again, I'm definitely okay with that, and I think that that's how Derek Carr takes the next step in his game. The maturation of his game is stand in that pocket, be able to have the confidence to stand in that pocket a split second longer and not worry that he's going to get drilled or someone's going to fall at his ankles, because again, we all know that he broke his ankle back in 2016 against the Indianapolis Colts on Christmas Eve at the Oakland Coliseum, and uh, you know he just, of course, is going to think about that, and anybody who's had any kind of massive injury in sports, you do think about stuff like that. I've had two torn ACLs and every once in a while when I jump up and I come down a little awkward I grab my knee or I'll think about my knee and I know I'm not a million dollar athlete or 120 million dollar athlete like Derek Carr is but injuries are injuries man and people are human when you see or had an injury you do think about that at times so I don't blame him I just think that it's the next step he takes in the maturation of his game now There was a few other lists that have been put out, and there's a few lists that have not come out yet. There could be Raiders representation on, or there might not be. Edge rushers, that already came out. Max Crosby came in at five. Chandler Jones came in at seven. For the defensive tackles, that came out. No Raider representation as far as defensive tackles, and I don't think that should be a surprise. Edge rushers, not a surprise either. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, 5-7. and Yeah, you think that those two guys are going to be two of the best edge rushers in the league. Defensive tackles, there's nothing to really shake a stick about. You know, there just isn't. So none there, not a surprise. Off-ball linebackers, Denzel Perryman was an honorable mention. He was a Pro Bowler a year ago. I'm interested to see how he fits in Patrick Graham's defensive scheme for the Silver and Black this year, but you feel like you got a pretty good player when you got Denzel Perryman, right? And that's a guy that the Raiders traded for because they had injuries at the linebacker position and they needed somebody, so they made the move, traded with the Carolina Panthers and brought him in. He ends up turning into a Pro Bowl season. I want to see how he goes from Gus Bradley's scheme to Patrick Graham's scheme and continues to thrive. Side note with Denzel Perryman, he's playing in that battle for Vegas softball game next Monday on the 18th at the Las Vegas ballpark. He's actually supposed to be calling into my radio show later on this afternoon. He's supposed to be calling in about two o'clock to talk about the game and obviously talk about the upcoming season. Denzel Perryman's always a funny guy to talk to. So hopefully that conversation does happen, but uh, you can kind of put that in your notes as supposed to be happening at two o'clock this afternoon cornerbacks the Raiders had no representation I think that that shows the lack of depth at the cornerback position and the lack of a real deal corner that we've been talking about like a lockdown guy or a guy that you can count on to be there all the time we know Trayvon Mullen is injured a bunch uh, Rocky Sin is a guy who hasn't quite lived up to the potential yet Anthony Averett's a guy that was forced into action a year ago with the Baltimore Ravens because of injuries but none of them are proven commodities so no cornerback representation for the silver and black how about safeties nope None of those either. I think Trayvon Merrick is a guy that's up and coming. He's in his second year, and I think he's going to be a really good one, but hasn't proven it yet. If he has a big-time season this year, which many are expecting, then I expect him to be on that list a season from now. Interior offensive lineman, none. So there you go. We talk about the offensive line and the question marks that the Raiders have on the offensive line. No interior offensive linemen on the top 10 list that Jeremy Fowler has been putting out. Again, this is a li- these are lists that he compiled with the help of executives, coaches, scouts, and players. It wasn't just something he came up with on his own. So still, what's on the way? Running backs. That's going to be released today. Josh Jacobs may squeeze in the top 10. I think that he's a top 10 quality back. I don't know if they're going to use uh, you know, injuries against him, but I think that Josh Jacobs could squeeze into the top 10. Wide receivers, that's going to be dropping on the 13th. We know Adams is definitely going to be on there. Hunter Renfro should be on there. At the very least, he should be an honorable mention, but uh, Devontae Adams, no doubt about it, uh, he should be at the top of the list. If not first, maybe second. We'll see what that comes out, that comes out on the 13th. Tight end, no-brainer. That's coming out on the 14th, obviously, as Darren Waller. And then offensive tackles. I'm assuming that Colton Miller is going to be on that list. We will find out on the 15th if he's not in the top 10 which, okay, I can see maybe a case why he's not in the top 10. Maybe they're not giving him that much props, but he should at least be an honorable mention, right? Again, we'll find out that at the end of the week on July 15th, but uh, those are all the positions, and so far the rate of representation is not a lot. Derek Carr, top 10 quarterback, honorable mention. Didn't quite get the top 10 as far as edge rushers. Max Crosby came in at number 5, Chandler Jones number 7, and then Denzel Perryman, off-ball linebacker, honorable mention. Still on the way. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and offensive tackles. Also got one Raiders roster move that they made on Monday before we get out of segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Uh, the Raiders PR put out we have waived cornerback Stanford Samuels the third. So not a big roster move but it does make their number go from 90 to 89 so it leaves an open spot. That leaves an open roster spot headed into training camp. Who can they fill it with? It could be someone that's just as far as a depth piece going into training camp. Someone to get some extra reps which is all Stanford Samuels third was going to be. He wasn't going to be a guy that was going to be a starter or a big-time playmaker. Maybe they're going to go get a guy that they've been looking at, they've been talking to. Maybe it could be an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a cornerback. Who knows? But they do have one open roster spot, so that is something to pay attention to as training camp gets going Next week, I'm sure that the Raiders are going to make a move to fill that 90th spot sometime before the 18th when rookies report to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So speaking of that, we're going to do our training camp two a days on Raider Nation Radio 920. I've been doing the training camp two a days for all the teams on the Raiders schedule. Well, how about we do it right now? For the silver and black. We'll do that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. After I tell you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information, they have the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, and a whole lot more. They're your continued source for all your sports wager information. They have live betting, esports, and scores. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Check them out today on the website with your laptop or your mobile device. Learn about the trends and all the action. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into our training camp two-a-days when it comes to all things silver and black. And what I mean by training camp two-a-days, this is something that I actually stole from ESPN as I was doing ESPN National. And look, this is the thing about radio, a lot of podcasts and all this other stuff. Ideas always come from somewhere, right? So uh, Ian Fitzsimmons from Freddie and Fitzsimmons uh, on ESPN Radio, he came up with the idea of training camp two-a-days, and it's basically three questions about the team that you're talking about. A positive positive a negative, and the biggest question. So basically it's not three questions. It's just three different details. Again, a positive, a negative, and the biggest question. So on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday, I started doing training camp two a days with the teams that are on the Raiders schedule for this upcoming 2022 regular season. So I got through already the LA chargers, the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. And today we'll be talking all things, Denver Broncos, the Kansas city chiefs. And then we'll talk the Houston Texans as well as they're the first team out of the bye week after the, Raiders take their buy in week 6. They'll be the team up in week 7. So that's what I'm going to do on Raider Nation Radio 920 all week long as we prepare for the Raiders to start training camp next week. But right now, here on the podcast, I want to do training camp two-a-days when it comes to the Raiders. So I need a positive, I need a negative, and I need the biggest question. All things silver and black. So let's start with the good. Let's start with the positive. And I think it's a real easy one the offensive potential with all the weapons that the Raiders have now, including head coach Josh McDaniels, calling the plays and being in the red zone and being so efficient in the red zone, and that's something that Josh McDaniels has done a really good job of, but I mean, let's go ahead and let's talk about the weapons first. Obviously, you go and make the trade for Devontae Adams. That's a big-time playmaker. That's a guy I like to call Alpha Dog. That's a guy that's going to keep opposing defensive coordinators up at night. That's something that the Raiders haven't really had in a very long time. This is the best weapon that Derek Carr is ever going to have, or at least has ever had so far are in the NFL. You combine him with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and obviously the run game with Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, whoever else, Brandon Bolden, whoever else is running the rock, then you have a good recipe right there. And like I said, Josh McDaniels to me is almost the X factor. He's going to be the guy calling the plays. Now, Obviously, as the head coach, he has to do more than just call the plays. He's got to be the CEO of the whole thing. Well, that is a little bit difficult. That's a big job. You know, in, in New England, when he was the offensive caller, play caller, all he had to do was worry about being the offensive play caller. So that might take a little bit away, but I still expect his play calling to be great and a lot better than what the Raiders have been dealing with uh, under John Gruden. And then even when John Gruden wasn't there, you know, Greg Olson, he was nothing to get super excited about. You know, I know the first couple of weeks that Greg Olson was there and one thought, oh, man, look at all these great play callers. But to me, Greg Olson was never a great play caller, not even really a good play caller. He was just average. He was just okay. You know, and I think Josh McDaniels is really going to be the X factor when it comes to the offense. So the positive, I think is pretty easy. You know, the offensive potential with all the weapons that they have. And then the X factor of head coach, Josh McDaniels calling the play calling. And I know that he does a lot better in the red zone than what the Raiders have been dealing with. And that's where they have to really thrive is in the red zone. They've got to get seven points instead of coming away with three. Like they did a lot of times. Now, what is the negative? I think the negative is the lack of depth that the team has. And particularly on the defensive side of things. Now again, even offensively, they have a lot of great starters, but they don't have a lot of great backups. Right? I mean, even when we talk about the the wide receivers, we talk about Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and then his other we don't know who the other guys are going to be. Is it going to be Keelan Cole? Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Is it going to be someone else? Is it going to be Mac Hollins or other, right? I mean, there's just not a, lack, a lot of depth on the team, and that is something that even last year I was talking about, that the Raiders are only going to go as far as their depth will take them. We know injuries are going to happen. We don't know who the injuries are going to happen to, but we know they're going to happen. So the unfortunate part for the Raiders, they've hit on their draft picks in the later rounds, but they haven't really hit on their first round picks that come with that fifth year option. So they haven't been able to continue to back pack the the cupboard with a a lot of talent so yeah their starters are really good but behind that they have a lot of question marks. You know, they have a lot of holes as far as the depth. You know, do they have guys at the cornerback position? Is Trayvon Mullen gonna be healthy? Rocky Sin, is he gonna be the guy that his potential was when uh coming out of Temple? You know, how about Anthony Averick? Can he take what he did in Baltimore a year ago and can he take it to the next level? Can he expand on that? You know, there's a lot of questions. So again, the depth is going to be a concern. There's depth at the linebacking position, there's obviously depth along the offensive line. Uh there's plenty of depth when it comes to the running back position. That's the one thing I can say but I mean outside of that there is not a lot of quality depth on the team so if they hit get hit with the injury bug and have multiples at one time like the Raiders had with the linebacking position just a year ago when they had to go out and make that trade for Denzel Perriman I mean almost everybody in that linebacking room was injured in the preseason right and so we know that that happens so they don't really have guys that they can look at and say okay well if this guy goes down no worries because this dude could step up and be that guy they just don't have that so if they get hit with the injury bug especially early in the season it could be a long season for that exact reason. So I think that's the biggest negative when it comes to the team is the lack of depth that they have right now. And in my opinion, particularly, on defense and then the biggest question I think the biggest question is the most obvious question and if I didn't uh, say this question then I would just be ignoring it I'd be trying to turn a turn a blind eye to it right or just I'd be looking through silver and black sunglasses and rainbows and puppy dogs are in my world and that's obviously who the starting five on the offensive line is going to be that is a no-brainer no doubt about it it's the biggest question it's the biggest conversation piece we've had all offseason long we know Colton Miller and that's it you know, I think everyone's starting to feel pretty good about Andre James at that center position. Even myself, I thought rookie Dylan Parham uh, out of Memphis was going to have an opportunity to, to maybe steal that center position. Uh, we know he could play guard or center. That versatility is what GM Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, the assistant GM, and of course Josh McDaniels, they're all looking for those versatile guys. So they have that right now in Dylan Parham, the third round pick out of Memphis. They have that in the seventh round pick out of Ohio State, Thayer Munford. But, you know, where else is the versatility going to come into play? And so that's going back to the the depth that I was talking about when it came to the negative, right? So is... John Simpson going to take that experience that he had in 2021 and hold on to that left guard position? Is a guy like Dylan Parham going to take that position? Is Alex Leatherwood going to be the right tackle? Is he going to be the right guard? Where does Denzel Good come into play? Is he going to be healthy for the beginning of training camp? Is he going to be healthy for the beginning of the season? I mean, there's so many questions. Is Jermaine Illuminor, a guy who's very familiar with uh, the regime that is now the the Raiders regime, as far as the offensive line coach, the head coach, I mean, he spent some time with the Patriots, so, you know, does he have a leg up? Uh, Where does Brandon Parham Parker come in. Brandon Parker is a guy that got paid a uh, pretty decent money, you know, to be a swing tackle. Can he go in there and earn a starting position? I mean, there is just so many questions, and I guarantee you it doesn't matter what beat writer, what radio guy, what person is out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center starting next week. Every single one of us will have our binoculars out and staring at the offensive line to see exactly what we could see to come back and talk about it cuz that is no doubt about it the biggest question when it comes to the Raiders and their training camp is how is that offensive line going to be put together because I can go back and look at the positives but the offensive line is not up to snuff if it's not holding up their their end of the bargain well then Derek Carr it cannot be the best Derek Carr he could be and then Josh Jacobs can't be the best running back he could be or Kenyon Drake or Zamir White or whoever's running the rock they're not going to get that much production if the offensive line is not there so that uh, that positivity that is the offensive weapons can end up turning into a big negative if they can't get what they want to get out of it because the offensive line is on the struggle bus so the biggest question is how quick can and, uh, Coach Priscillo, get that offensive line up to speed and get them all on the same page? And are they going to be able to, you know, hold down their end of the bargain and hold up uh, at the offensive line position and give Derek Carr some time, give Josh Jacobs some holes? I mean, that obviously, again, is the easiest question, but it also is the biggest question. Now, I'll go ahead and throw a fourth point in there. It's kind of like the bonus point here as we do training camp two a day. Is, again, we only look for three points the positive, the negative, and then the biggest question. But I also, something I'll be looking for when I'm out there. There at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Who is the guy that we're not talking about right now that we'll be talking about by the end of training camp, the end of preseason? A guy who we didn't think was going to make the roster or wasn't expecting to make the roster, maybe kind of overlooked him, but now we're talking about him as being a potential uh, playmaker coming up in the 2022 regular season. And that, to me, is really one of the toughest questions out there. I mean, it really is. And I'm not 100% sure exactly who that's going to be. I have a couple ideas of guys it could potentially be, but I'm not 100% sure. Roderick Teamer is a guy that I'm really intrigued by Roderick Teamer is the guy that made Carl Joseph's roster spot expendable a year ago remember when they went and scrimmaged and, and practiced against LA against the, the Rams and there was a bunch of fights Roderick Teamer was the guy that everyone got excited about because he was really in the middle of that not that they were excited that he was fighting but they liked that edge that he brought so Roderick Teamer is a guy at that safety position that I'm going to kind of pay attention to to see can he be a guy a difference maker for the Raiders that we're not talking about because remember he was supposed to be that guy a season ago but he got injured so he wasn't really able to be that guy how about on the defensive line and this is going to be a personal one because i like the guy i covered him when he was at baylor how about andrew billings the defensive tackle we're not talking about him right now i don't think he's a big time player but i do think he could be some quality depth I think that he can go in there and earn a spot and, like I said, be a quality depth. I don't think he's going to be a big-time difference maker. I don't think he's going to be pushing Jonathan Hankins for a starting job. I'm not saying that, but I do think he could be a guy that could come in and spell somebody for some reps and give you some quality reps, just like I think Malcolm Coates is going to be a guy who's going to be able to give some quality reps at that defensive end position. But that's a guy that we talk about now. So I do think that we'll continue to talk about him and we'll see a little bit more from him from training camp and preseason and continue to see him develop. But those are the two guys that uh, I think that we could be talking about by the time the training camp is over and the preseason is over. Roderick Teemer and also Andrew Billings. Those are the two guys that I'm going to go ahead and, and roll the dice with. And, of course, it will probably end up being someone else, but uh, you know that there's going to be somebody because there always is. But uh, that's training camp two-a-days as far as the Raiders are concerned. If you have a positive, a negative, a question, and even a guy that we're not talking about right now that we might be talking about later, feel free to hit me up on the Lockdown Raider Podcast, voicemail line 707-6541. 4693. You can always tweet at me as well, at your boy Q254. Your calls and texts are going to be coming up in segment number three after I tell you about rockauto.com. And, of course, I've been talking about them for a very long time, and they've been around for a very long time, over 20 years. They've been serving auto park customers online. They were a family business. And I tell you, I always love family businesses, man, especially ones that have been around as long as rockauto.com, as it's just a a warm spot in my heart from them. But what the warm spot is, really, when it comes to rockauto.com for anybody, is in your wallet because they're going to save you a whole lot of money. They'll find a way to save you 30%, 50%, even more from a chain store or a car dealership. It's really easy to go onto the website, rockauto.com. Just all you got to do is put in the make and model of your car and what you're looking for, and all your options will come up. It's real simple, and they have just about everything. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They have carpet. If you're looking for carpet for your car, they've got you covered. It's real simple. Again, rockauto.com. It's an easy website to navigate. If I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. I am not the guy to go to the websites and figure out all those complicated ones, but rockauto.com is everything but that. It is not complicated at all. And Again, you're going to save a lot of money. It's super easy to navigate. The parts are going to come direct to your door so you're not going to ever have to leave the comforts of your own home matter of fact right now check it out rockauto.com check out all the parts available for your car truck the only thing i ask you to do while i'm there or while you're there is write locked on raiders podcast in the box that said how'd you hear about us that's how they know that i sent you and i'm doing my job great selection great low prices all the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot that's rockauto.com you're locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network Your team. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders Podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider Podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text with Roddy Raider. He says, Q, Roddy Raider, first time, long time listener. Wanna add Tommy Kelly to your D-line stud list? Love the show. Listen every morning on the way to work. That's from Roddy Raider. And uh, if you don't know what he's talking about as far as D-line stud list, I was talking about the fact that the Raiders have not had uh, interior defensive linemen like a Daryl Russell, like a Chester McLaughlin in a very long Long time so he wanted to go ahead and add Tommy Kelly to that list and I remember Tommy Kelly was a fan favorite and he did do some good things and I, I don't want to take away from Warren Sapp either I wasn't a big Warren Sapp fan but he did do some good things from the interior part of the Raiders defensive line but for the most part man it was Daryl Russell Chester McLaughlin and you've had like I said Spurs with Tommy Kelly as uh, Roddy Raiders said and then Warren Sapp he was able to provide a little something something too matter of fact the last time the Raiders had combined 20 sacks between a couple guys on the defensive line uh, was Warren Sapp and Derek Burgess where they had over 20 sacks between the two of them uh, and I'm expecting that this season between Chandler Jones and Max Crosby but obviously we'll have to wait and see hoping the Raiders can get some interior push uh, on that defensive line and that'll help out those guys on the edge that much more but Roddy Raider thank you uh, for chiming in for the first time new booty here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast and good stuff don't make that your last one man I do appreciate you and since that was a short text let's go ahead and get one more quick text in from Bill in the 301 he says Q Good morning. It's Bill in the 301. I'm starting off my Monday like I always do listening to your podcast, and I immediately took notice in segment one when you were talking about the golf tournament and how Derek Carr finished 21st. When I was drinking my coffee this morning and watching Good Morning Football, they were talking about Tony Romo winning that tournament and went on to mention all the other notable NFL quarterbacks and where they finished. They mentioned Romo, Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allens, I think at least one other. Everybody except Romo finished behind Carr, yet somehow he's not notable and not worth mentioning that he finished 21st. Kind of feels like an unconscious bias, but that's okay. He'll have an opportunity to make his name notable on his own terms. Go Raiders. That's Bill in the 301. And, yeah, I mean, those names that you mentioned, Josh Allen, Mahomes, uh, Rogers, of course, they're always going to get mentioned before Derek Carr gets mentioned. And I'll say this, I don't even think Derek Carr cares, you know, especially when it comes to something like that, a celebrity golf tournament. Of course, he takes it very seriously and he wants to win, but, you know, he came in 21st, and that's probably better than what he's done in the past, but still, it's not first, and again, he doesn't have the big name like the ones you mentioned, the Allens, the Mahomes, the Romos, the Rodgers, so he's just not going to get mentioned, but at least they did have his highlight of him hitting a deep three-pointer, him and his teammate Kyle Lowry, that was kind of cool, that was all over Sports Center, all over Twitter, all over uh, all the sports shows, they had that out there, and then they had uh, some some newspaper guys or some TV guys from the Bay Area also interviewing him and showed Raider Nation out there asking for autographs and dapping him up, so I mean, he's he did get some good tv time but uh, i understand what you're saying when he talks about uh not mentioning where he finished coming at 21st i guess that's what i'm here for <laughs> right to update you on what they didn't update you on but thank you bill for that text i do appreciate you uh next up is a call from brother marquise at a 305 rep miami one time he's called to ask a question about a raiders roster of never were good enough and here's the explanation of what he's talking about check it out brother marquise in the 305
1: q raider nation brother marquise Giving you a call because it's the time of year when nothing is happening. And everything's slow. I've got a question for you. I'd love everybody to, to chime in on this. Try to see if you can create your Raider, a Raider team that fits your mold, a Raider roster of the most, of the team that showed the most potential, players that showed the most potential of every position. Um, but maybe had a good year here or there but could never really put it together and keep it, um, or at least maybe be consistent enough. Um, my list was a quarterback. I went Todd Marinovich, you know. I You know, I know a lot of people would say Jamarcus Russell, but I don't think he was ever really good. But I thought Todd Marinovich showed some signs back in the day um, when I was a kid, but, you know, I was young back then too. Um, my running back, definitely Darren McFadden. <laughs> He was, what the heck happened to that guy? Um, tight end, Ricky Dudley. Ohio State, top 10 pick. Never really panned out. Showed some, Had some flashes. Another guy I was thinking of for that spot was Tale Johnson. I thought he was so hyped up and never really figured it out. Offense line is kind of hard. Um, The only guys that even popped up in my head were like Robert Gallery and Matt Stencombe and, and stuff And, and and I don't know if either one of them were really good enough to really make that list or showed enough promise. They were both just high picks. Um, I can't really pick any other offensive linemen, so if anybody else can think of things, that would be great. Wide receivers, oh man, there's so many. There were so many. This is so hard for me. You had guys like Chad Chillens and and Rod Streeter and and I mean, unfortunately for other reasons you could throw Henry Ruggs in that situation now. Um but the guys I I, I um Ended up with was Denarius Moore and Jacoby Ford. Um, defensively, I had a little tough time, but I went with Tommy Kelly. I always thought he could be better, but he never really panned out. Um, and uh, Orlando McClain was an easy one at linebacker. Cornerbacks, Philip Buchanan and David Amerson. David right. Amerson, that guy was an enigma, man. He just, he was so good for one year, and then all of a sudden he was so bad. Um, and then at at, at um, safety, I went Derek Gibson, former top ten pick, Um never really panned out. Had some flashes, and Tyvon Branch. I thought Tyvon Branch was going to be the dude, and he never was. Brother Marquise, out.
0: There he goes, Brother Marquise in a three hundred five. And man, oh man, you're talking about players that showed the flash, but they never got it done, and never got it done consistently. Man, you opened up a huge can of worms because the Raiders have had so many players. I think there's so many players just in the NFL in general, right? Across the league, there's so many players. But just focusing on the Raiders, I could just focus in on the defensive side of things and, and just worry about draft picks, not even free agents. Just look at their draft picks that they had and and start going down a big old long list, right? I mean, I'm not going to do it all. I'll let someone else call on that. But, I mean, defensively alone, Rolando McClain, that was mentioned. Fabian Washington, Stanford route. Michael Huff. I was excited about Michael Huff coming out of the University of Texas. He never panned out. Mike Mitchell. Remember, I mean, he was a guy that you thought, hey, that's a nice gem that they got, a guy that no one was talking about, and he's going to be a good player or he has the potential. He's a big hitter. He never turned out to be anybody. Another guy out of the University of Texas. How about Lamar Houston? Miles Burris. C.O. Moore. Carl Joseph. Philip Buchanan. I mean, that's just a few off the top of my dome. Just guys that were drafted by the silver and black, let alone guys that were free agents like – Uh, How about Desmond Howard? How about uh, uh, Larry Brown? Remember the Super Bowl MVP? Remember how that worked out? Matter of fact, both those guys were Super Bowl MVPs. Neither one of those worked out for the silver and black. Uh, Who else? Man, I can go on and on. D'Angelo Hall. Remember? He was good. He was good in Atlanta, and he was good post the Raiders. He just wasn't good with the silver and black. I mean, there's so many guys. I can go and do a whole show just on that, and it would probably make me sick thinking about all the talent that the Raiders have had that just never panned out and never was consistent. But uh, thank you so much for that call. Uh, If you want to chime in on that, 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Calls and texts are all good. Speaking of texts, let's go ahead and take one right now. Matter of fact, it's probably the one to close out the show from Black Hole Jr. from the 925 uh, Q, it's Black Hole Jr. of the 925. Got to see that Raiders hire Sandra Douglas Morgan, and what a great thing it is. I just heard passion in that interview, and I love the way the Raiders are always making history. What an accomplishment. And seeing her track record being the chairwoman of the Nevada Gaming Control, I believe she'll be good for the position and needing a younger mind and grow into the future with the team and the city. Great things in the Raiders from getting Ziegler to run football operations and now her to run the administration side. Things are looking up. Can't wait to see what this team has coming for everyone this season. Everyone have a blessed day and go Raiders. That's Black Hole Jr. from the 925. And yeah, Sandra Douglas Morgan, the thing about her, she is super overqualified for the job. And who would have thought that someone would be overqualified to be the president of an NFL franchise? But she, if you look at her track record and you look at her resume or you listen to the show that I did following her hiring, talking about her resume, then you'll know she's actually overqualified for the job. And that's what is exciting because I do think there's going to be some great change coming to the Silver and Black and that's something that Mark Davis, the owner, mentioned even when he met with us after her press conference that, hey, he was looking forward to her cleaning up that side of things as that's been an issue, the business side. Too many people became comfortable with the title instead of being comfortable and actually doing the job that the title, uh, you know, stood for. So, her hire is a positive. Of course, Dave Ziegler, as you mentioned, his hire is a positive. Think that the football side of things are trending in the right direction as well. So, uh, thank you so much for that text, my man. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, definitely tune in if you can, 2 o'clock this afternoon. I believe Raider linebacker Denzel Perryman will be a guest on my radio show, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, if not, if it's good interview and some good stuff, I'll bring it to the podcast on, uh, on Wednesday, and uh, of course we'll have more news and notes of the day, we'll have more phone calls, text and calls straight off that Lockdown On Raider podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693 and we'll have a lot more here on the show so we're getting closer to training camp Raider Nation, don't worry, we're almost there I can see it at the end of the tunnel, there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're rolling full steam ahead down that train track, so until tomorrow Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, most importantly as always just win baby